Hello, welcome everyone. Thank you for listening to the Not The Top 20 betting show sponsored by Black Type Bet. Feels like a long time since we last spoke. In reality, it's only been uh, two weeks or so, but so much has happened in the interim period. Hope you all enjoyed the Christmas period. Very tough time to bet on the EFL, uh, as many of you will have found out, as we certainly found out as well. Uh, We are sponsored by Black Type, and if you like betting and football and betting on football, if you like listening to this podcast, uh, then it's worth signing up to to a Black Type account. They're so often uh, top priced, they're very brave with their pricing, and that can be a good thing for the punter uh, who has a strong fancy. So if you do sign up to Black Type today, with the offer code NTT20, they are offering you a £10 free football bet for this weekend. So uh, get involved with that. You don't have to deposit anything. Uh, you just try out the site, try out Black Type and, uh, and see how you go. Uh, we are planning plenty of things uh, from here on out to the rest of the season with Black Type. And uh, yeah, very excited to reveal some plans uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, George, uh, before I come to you about our last show, just to remind the listeners that Scoreboard is a way to take more money off Black Type if you've already got an account. They're offering a £20 free bet for anyone who can win, who can beat Scoreboard. Uh, that is picking a game with over 4.5 goals and one game that's nil-nil in the EFL. Looking forward to seeing your selections uh, this week after a week off with the FA Cup third round dominating things last week. And with both of us away, George, uh, two weeks ago we last spoke... Uh, it was a very good week for you because of uh, the greatest nap we've had so far and uh, a very, very bad week for me uh, and thankfully not our first zero for six. Yeah, um, the Grimmsby obviously getting the job done for me at 130 um, despite being down to 10 men for, for long periods and conceding what I thought was going to be an absolute sucker punch. Um, they went down the other end at Exeter and got the win. Um, pretty frustrating though that Bradford, who I tipped up uh, to win and BTTS, ended up winning 4-0. <laughs> um, which was annoying away wasn't if, it away at know, Rochdale if, if Rochdale had scored I think that probably would have been our between us the best week so far and would have moved me into the profit but I was plus 3.5 um, so minus 3.49 good to turn around uh, good to stop the rot basically I think from here on in my aim is just to be in the profit come the end of the season which given the, the strict guidelines we have and what we can pick would be something of an achievement I'd say um, Definitely. you had a, had a, had a ropey one um, Coventry saving your blushes from the uh, from the clean sweep, um, and that has left you minus fifteen, just just under minus fifteen, um, but a long way to go. And I know that you've got quite a big price long shot this uh, this weekend that I like as well. And if that goes in, you never know. Yeah, this is going to be a, a a week of picks where you know we obviously do these independently, do our own research, come up with our own picks, and you send yours over uh, a few hours before recording and there are a couple of similar bits of thinking so that's uh, that's quite interesting that's quite fun um we aren't going to do our match in focus on Luton against Sunderland Sunderland against Luton I should say the game at the stadium of light on Saturday uh, the most exciting game uh, across all of the EFL, probably in English football I know there's a big game in the Premier League, but we're not interested in that and it became even more interesting uh, with some rather big news about Nathan Jones. So what we're going to do is just talk about the Nathan Jones appointment at Stoke, at Luton's manager leaving them after just over three years and what a three years it's been. So we're going to touch on that uh, before we get into the game and our picks for the game. And I suppose, George, Nathan Jones almost 
he, you know, he took charge just about two months before we started doing this podcast. Nathan Jones as Luton manager and Luton being very good under Nathan Jones has been one of the few constants of our three years podcasting about the EFL. Uh, for Stoke fans who are listening who maybe haven't followed League One and Two as closely as we have over the last year, George, uh, what are they getting in Nathan Jones? Do you think this is a, a positive appointment for them after sacking Gary Rowett? I think it's the complete antithesis of, of Gary Rowett. Um, Nathan Jones is a manager who's going to look to shoehorn uh, as many attacking technical players as he can into his team, play aggressive attacking football um, at the same time. I think he's got a squad that should be capable of doing that. Um, it doesn't show much continuity, uh, given that the you know the board appointed Rowett as a man to take them forward, a, a guy whose successes have come off the back of very solid defences. Um, but I do think it's a good appointment. My, my one concern is that it kind of falls in the same category as the appointment of, of Paul Heckenbottom at Leeds and Paul Hurst at, um, at Ipswich, where it's going to take time. There are probably certain players in the Stoke squad who aren't happy with the appointment, I'd wager. A couple of the senior pros who maybe would have been hoping for a bigger name. Um, I'd argue that they probably that Stoke as a club would be better off without those players. And I'm sure Nathan Jones will clear the Deadwood um, over the next kind of six or so months. Um, this season, to me, seems like a bit of a free shot. Um, if he can steer them towards the playoffs, that'd be great. But realistically, worst case scenario is probably a mid-table finish, um, which is fine given the start they've had. Um, and it's just, I just hope that he is afforded the time that the two pools I mentioned weren't. And he's given the summer to, to bring in his own players, to implement his own ideas, to get the squad that he wants. Because we've seen that Luton, I mean, I'm not too fearful about Luton going forward as I'll come on to when we talk about the match in focus, because what he's built is more than just a reliance on his coaching ability and his managerial ability. It's more to do with the systems that are in place there, the players he's brought in, the mentality, the personality of the players. And I don't see any reason why that wouldn't continue under whoever comes in next. Obviously, that's dependent on the on the appointment. Um, a lot of uh, Luton fans on Twitter have been saying to me that um, Joaquin Gomez mm. seems to be the obvious choice, the assistant manager, which would prove continuity in itself. Um, and... Uh, yeah, as I say, I think that if Jones has given, if they invest in him as a manager and as a man, um, Stoke should be in good hands. What I don't want to see is Nathan Jones out of a job at the end of the season because the results didn't turn around dramatically in the first couple of months. What do you think about the suggestions or the opinions of some people who say they don't understand why you would leave uh, Luton in the position that you're in, um, so close to a, a double promotion uh, and up into the championship, possibly, probably, maybe? Uh, at this stage and who maybe don't understand the decision to move mid-season to a club like Stoke do you what do you think just from a an individual managerial point of view um, you often see this said don't you I don't understand why you leave a, yeah, somewhere where it's, you're loved it's, it's, it's a little bit puzzling um, in my view because I'm sure he must have turned down opportunities at similar clubs in the last kind of six to eight months um, but having said that, I mean, Stoke's a massive club. He's coming in with, with very low expectations to start with, which is ideal. Um, it's not like he's taking over a club and, and 22nd in the championship, having to steer them away from relegation. He's taking over a, a stable club that's had a good history, has owners who've supported managers in the past. Um, and, and the crux of a squad that, you know, you and I said at the beginning of the season should be very, very good. Um, it, it's romantic to think that he should stick it out. I mean, Ollie Walker... Um, your friend of the pod, he's been on the pod as well, and a Luton fan sent us some DMs saying that um, with the stadium situation as it is at the moment, um, you know the absolute maximum ceiling for uh, for Luton um, at Kenilworth Road as it is currently is probably bottom half of the championship. So 
does he want to be in a position where if that isn't resolved, if there isn't a new stadium coming around, his his stock could lower if he oversees a relegation next season? Um, they're by no means automatically promoted this season either. So whilst you know all Luton fans and all, and all onlookers would have wanted him to finish the job he's done, you can't take away uh, the job that he's already done. You know, he's, he's, I think what he's done at Luton has been one of the standout um, managerial efforts and probably one of the best rookie managerial uh, jobs we've ever seen at this level. So it's, it's a great job to take on. Um, I think we'd have all liked to see what would have happened if he'd stayed there. But um, I'm excited to see how he gets on at a, at a bigger club. Yeah, I definitely try anyway, uh, because it's it's what I think is is the best way of looking at this, to take romance out and use the word stock. That's I always come back to that word when thinking about managers and specifically managers in the EFL, uh, in Leagues 2 and League 1 with good reputations. Uh, I would always say that I, I would fully understand the decision to, to essentially uh, make the move and uh, I, I don't want to use the phrase cash in because that has different connotations, but make the most of... of your stock being incredibly high um, and, and Nathan Jones is surely is as you say hard to imagine a better three-year spell in charge of any EFL club aside from potentially a, a senior Chris Wilder um, and, and and his first senior <laughs> his first uh, and his first managerial role as you've said they've gone from 18th in league two to second in league one playing fantastic football you, you genuinely can't expect or ask for any more from a manager um, he's transformed a club in his first ever managerial job so I, I would always say absolutely fair enough to to make the move because you never know what could happen a year down the line even if they were to be promoted what if they found the step up too much what if they were you know having a terrible time in the championship and and we know how quickly uh, boards and even fans can start to say oh you've taken us too far it's time for you to move on um, so uh, fair enough I'm also very much looking forward to seeing how it does um you don't think it's too bad for Luton and for their promotion bid. This game this weekend is obviously huge uh, in that sense. Um, I noticed that the bookies' prices on the winner market and the promotion market for when it comes to Luton, they haven't really moved very much. So certainly the bookies not too worried about this, it seems, or, or not, not moving the markets hugely because of this departure. And, and you seem to be on the same sort of wavelength. Yeah, I think I'd need to see evidence that there was a um, a slide on the pitch before having any doubts. Um, I mean, it's not great news. I'm not, I mean, if, if you have to be in the camp of whether it's good or bad, I mean, I, I've backed Luton to win um, League One anti-post, and, and obviously I'd rather this hadn't happened. But um, we've seen in the past, as I, as I mentioned, I think that Nathan Jones implemented um, just a, a, an amazing culture at the club um, in a similar way to, to um, you know, I, I'm looking maybe at at Barnsley with, with Paul Heckingbottom where, where he came in and, and it didn't really rock the boat um, yeah. He, because the, the foundations were already in place to, to maintain a good, a good level. I mean, Michael Appleton at Oxford, it took Pep Clotet, Pep Clotet about four months to, uh, to unravel all that good work. But the beginning of that season started well because the squad was in place. Um, the culture of the club was very good. Everyone was pulling in the same direction. So They have a lot of I mean, very good players. Exactly, exactly, Who, who've been playing together for, for the best part of the last two years and have achieved a promotion together already. So um, there are certain managers who I think could come in and probably ruin it. Um, Stephen Robinson is one who's been linked to the job who, who doesn't seem like a good fit at all to me. Um, and he seems like someone who's very, very uh, set in his ways about how he wants his team to play football. Um, his Oldham team was, was, was rough and nasty. Motherwell had the same reputation now. I mean, Luton, to be fair, I mean, aren't, aren't too far away from that. But they also play a style of football that I don't think Robinson really adheres to. 
Um, and I think the biggest mistake that that the Luton board could do here would be to bring in someone who who tears up that philosophy and all the hard work that, that Nathan Jones has done. Again, going back to Clotetta at, uh, at Oxford, I think he saw his job as to better what Appleton had done rather than continue it. And that was ultimately his downfalling. Um, so in terms of this game, it's, it's easy to... I mean, there's nothing to say about Luton that we don't already know. Um, they have a phenomenal front line at this level in Danny Hilton, Elliot Lee and James Collins. Um, Jack Stacey and Justin on the, on the, as fullbacks, uh, you know, as close as we get to the flying fullbacks we've seen in Premier League at League One level. Um, they're a team full of uh, technical players, attacking players. And, and before this had happened, before the, the Nathan Jones news, um, I would have been absolutely all over Luton here. Um, my, my views on Sunderland are well-versed. I've seen nothing in the last few weeks to change my mind. If anything, I think that uh, the performances have got even worse over the last few weeks. And uh, and who knows what's happening with Josh Madger as well, whether or not he'll even be involved here. Um, it probably seems unlikely. Um, so I think before the Jones news, I probably would have just been backing Luton here. Um, but I've had to kind of temper that. But I'm going to see what you've said, what you're going to say about Sunderland, because I've been looking forward to this ever since we decided this would be the match in focus. Yeah, I'm backing Sunderland uh, to win. I think that... <laughs> I, I mean, a more general, a more zoomed out view, uh, as you know, I, I I very much see what you're saying about Sunderland and the the data uh, very much continues to back that up, very much sort of middle of the table um, in terms of XG ratio. Mm, that's uh, kind. You know, balance of play, um, <laughs> overall middle of the table and, and pretty much the same. The lower, last... lower middle. <laughs> uh, well, not on the ones that I was looking at yesterday, but there's lots, Only lots for, of different tables for the uh, yeah for the I think open play they're doing all right, but yeah. Anyway. Um, in the last eight games, it's about the same and and bit of improvement in the last four games, but they've had some some fairly kind fixtures. Um, they are uh, seven to five to win this one, Luton two to one, uh, and the the price hasn't really changed since the sacking of of Nathan Jones. I sacking. <laughs> uh, sorry, since the, the moving on of Nathan Jones, it's so so rare, isn't it? It normally is a sacking that we're talking about. Um, I I do think that the I just think about I'm trying to go sort of amateur psychologist here. I just feel like the uh, the departure of Jones in such a and such a quick turnaround it was too uh, at a point where. They can't possibly have been expecting him to leave. Uh, I really don't think they would have done. And I'm sure that Luton, because they're very well run, um, knew that it was probably going to happen at some point. But it, it does seem like this has come somewhat out of the blue. And I, I do think that that will impact them. I think that that will deflate them uh, in quite a big way. So to go up and play away at Sunderland, um, despite XG ratios and all that, you know, we always do mention the quality that they have and, and the fact that in spells they can be very, very dominant in games. They just don't tend to put it together for a whole game. So I do think that that this is going to be really tough for Luton. I think that um, for Sunderland, it's it's a chance to, you know, it's a, it's a huge chance, basically. If they were to win this game, then they are massively in the driving seat. They'll go above Luton. They'll still have that game in hand. It's a massive, massive game. And I think that being at home will be a huge advantage to them against a team that have, have just basically had what amounts to a traumatic experience in footballing terms anyway. <laughs> so um, I do, I'm, I'm sort of trying to chase a, a bit of a longer shot here. I am going for Sunderland to win and both teams to score at 7-2 to two with uh, with black type. 
Um, Sunderland have seen BTTS, yes, in nine out of 12 home games this season. Um, against the better teams, they have conceded. Uh, Barnsley and Peterborough scored two. Charlton scored one up at the Stadium of Light. Luton don't score as many away from home as they do at home, uh, but I do fancy them to notch here. I just think that possibly, given what I've spoken about with the trauma, uh, the footballing trauma, uh, I think it's worth saying not to go too far with it all, um, might affect them. And I think that Sunderland can smell blood and make the most of that. So I think it'll be a brilliant game, a high-scoring game. Uh, I'm, I'm going to put a decent amount of weight, clearly, on the departure of the manager, uh, which you may not do. And so I think that Sunderland to win and BTTS uh, is my pick for this one. Yeah, so mine, I mean, because I haven't actually said my pick yet, but um, just on the back of what you said, I, yeah, I still can't really have Sunderland. I think that um, managers aside, um, one team is better than the other. And they're little, little in Sunderland's home form, especially as you mentioned, they, I mean, they consistently struggle to to put away teams at Stadium of Light. Um, the, the games that they do win are normally by the odd goal against poorer teams. And I think that they've been unbelievably lucky in the last few weeks in, in plenty of games, whether it's Bradford scoring and the goal not being given um, or miraculous uh, uh, saves from from their keeper, who obviously deserves a hell of a lot of credit for their season so far. Um, but I, I expect Luton to be the better team here. Um, and just because I'm a little bit concerned about... Um, about the manager and also because uh, we've seen Sunderland draw a lot of games that, that you could argue they maybe should have lost. They've lost two games a season. They've drawn nine. Um, and of those nine, I think you could probably argue that they were um, winning draws rather than losing draws for a few of them. So I'm going to take the draw no bet at 21 to 20. Nice. Good stuff. Um, I think that we both have the same pick in the championship so we'll get on to that after our naps uh, where are you going for your nap this weekend certainly raised my eyebrows yeah both of them yeah both yeah <laughs> um, both of them i'm not i'm not i'm eyebrows. not the rock mate fair enough i thought you were um <laughs> yeah i am uh, i'm going for a team that i have absolutely slated recently um and that is scunthorpe at warsaw um having had scunthorpe down as as basically just the, the league's um, cannon, cannon fodder, um, which now probably belongs to my club, sadly. Um, uh, they've they've really turned it around. Um, we mentioned it on the Monday show, but um, a massive turnaround of fortunes. Three wins on the bounce and not against poor opposition either. Um, beating Wickham, Peterborough and Coventry. Three teams who you know, aren't in the relegation mix, uh, at least. And that away win at Peterborough, really impressive as well um, on the roads. Uh, the, the signings they've made have shown that I think Stuart McCord has obviously been backed to turn it around. Um, I think we've seen in Scunthorpe this season, especially given that they were in the playoffs last campaign, just the dangers of giving a caretaker manager the job who has very little experience as being number one in Nick Dawes. Um, I think the work in the summer wasn't good enough. Um, the, the the regression of players who were who were you know decent players last season um, is, was startling. I think McCord has slowly been able to turn that around. Uh, the signings of Adam Hamill and Byron Webster seem to really... Um, these just really shrewd signings at this level, I think. Hamill is someone who on his day can really ignite uh, League One. Um, and Webster's a very experienced, very solid centre-back who, who probably should be a cut above this level, really. Um, and obviously the re-signing of Kevin Von Veen's given everyone at the club a, a, a real boost because he was a cult hero there. Um, so it seems to me like the Scunthorpe are not the Scunthorpe we saw a few weeks ago. I'm not necessarily sure that the price has caught up um, with that yet. And, and they're going to a team who I really think is, is still... Um, despite the fact they're kind of 10 points or so clear of the relegation zone in Warsaw, I don't know they're out of it whatsoever at the moment. Um, we're seeing them, um, I think they're winless in the last six or seven, and they've had some really disappointing defeats. 4-0 um, uh, away at Bradford, just which, which started Bradford's turnaround of fortunes, 
Um, a 3-1 defeat against Bristol Rovers, which again started their turnaround of fortunes. Um, they're low on confidence. And, and I think this is a game that Scunthorpe will come into um, you know, really confidently. Um, it's, it's probably one of their two or three away teams, their, two or three stadiums that they would like to go to at, at this period in time. Um, they're riding the crest of a wave. The, the results and the, uh, and the signings have brought in a new wave of optimism and quality. So, um, yeah, this is a, a nap for me. It's a bigger price at nine to four. As I said, with the, with the Grimmsby one, that you shouldn't be put off with a big price if you're if you're convinced it's the it's the biggest value. And and for me, um, again, I think that Scunthorpe uh, on a neutral venue should be the favourites here. And, and I think that going away from home to a Warsaw team low in confidence shouldn't really make that much of a difference in the price. So uh, all over the iron. Yeah, nice. I, I'm very much inspired by. What you said uh, regards pricing and napping and all that stuff and and the Grimsby win made me very jealous. So uh, you're going along a similar <laughs> theme and I suppose I am in, in a way as well uh, with your words ringing in my ear. I was very surprised to see uh, darlings of the podcast, uh, Forest Green at 11 to 5 with Black Type. They're away at Oldham, Giant Killers Oldham, of course. Uh, we spoke about them at length on the Monday podcast. They are um, with caretaker Pete Wilde in charge, who's done a, a very good job uh, in just a few weeks. And uh, we spoke about their loanees. They have, they've kept Callum Lang, who's an excellent player. They appear, I think, to have definitely lost Sam Surridge. I think that's been confirmed now. And Jordan Lydon as well. Yeah, he's gone who's gone back to Aston Villa. So uh, a bit of a sort of topsy-turvy week for Oldham. Um, they are playing against Forest Green, who are the best away team in League Two. Um, I think th- just behind basically Portsmouth and Peterborough, who are still far ahead in terms of across the whole EFL. But uh, essentially the third best team, I think, third equal, fourth best team in, in the EFL away from home. Um, that has continued recently with three wins and one draw uh, away from home for Forest Green. Um, winning away at Newport, away at Yeovil and away at Carlisle, drawing away at, at Cheltenham in a game they were 2-0 up. We sort of banged on all season that their numbers are very good, that they're very good in possession um, and that they're sort of um, generally on the balance of play, generally um, the better team in games and, and perhaps have missed or have quite clearly missed um, a, a goal scorer, a striker who can finish off the chances that are being created by the, the talented players around him. In recent weeks, uh, George Williams and, and Archibald have been chipping in from midfield. But now in the last week, since they last played, the striker situation certainly on paper has been cleared up. Uh, I think Christian Deutsch is available to play and I think he will play. There's a suggestion that some Bolton fans might travel to Oldham to watch Forest Green this weekend to basically support Christian Deutsch, who's been so badly mistreated, it seems, by Bolton. Um, and, and that adds a wrinkle to this game as well. So you'd think Deutsch will play a part, and the, the, the script is written, put it that way. Um, he has been playing for Bolton, so no reason why he should be rusty or, or not match fit. He hasn't scored many, but um, I, you know that's a boost for me. They've also got Mikulski in uh, on loan from Bristol City, who, who we know can score at this level. And so even if it's Mikulski rather than Deutsch, uh, I'd still be confident here regarding Forest Green. Oldham, of course, they've got better in the last few months before sacking their manager and, and they've had a good few weeks. Um, but at home, not really particularly impressive. They've played 13, won six, drawn two, lost five. So five uh, away, uh, home defeats out of 13. It's not a great record. They've played seven of the current top 13 at home and only won once, drawn two and lost four games. So they have struggled against the better teams in the division. We would certainly put Forest Green in that bracket. Uh, busy week for Oldham. Uh, you know, must be 
recovering from from the game at Fulham and also uh, the departure of two key players, two key loanies. So I, I'm going to back Forest Green here. I'm, I'm going to make them my nap because at 11 to 5, I think it's a, it's a price that I really, really like. And I'm hoping that I'm going to look quite clever come 5 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. But... <laughs> Such, yeah, such is the uh, such is the nature of this. It it, it will probably be three uh, 0 to Oldham, but uh, that's where I'm going this weekend. <laughs> Don't say that. Hopefully the um, <laughs> hopefully the my confidence is knocked. Hopefully that the, the working I've shown is is clear. Um, and yeah, it'd be interesting to hear from from the listeners. What do you think about the Scunthorpe nap, the Forest Green app? Get in touch with us at NTT Twenty Pod, and let's rattle through some of our other picks now, George. Starting in the Championship. We've got the same pick here. I'm going to let you set the scene and give me your thoughts. And then I've sort of done a bit of nerdy stats research that I could add to uh, if necessary. But we're both on Millwall at 23-20 to 20 at home to Blackburn. Yeah, it's really simple for me. This uh, Millwall are a team who rely on their on their home form, as are their opponents, Blackburn. Blackburn's away form is, um, is, is pretty poor. Um, their last uh, couple of travels, I've seen them get, get beaten 3-0 away at Sheffield United. And obviously that heartbreaking defeat at Ellen Road, 3-2 as well. Now, Millwall, on the other hand, um, we always talk about them as being unbelievably streaky and they're on a hot streak at the moment. Uh, four wins in the bounce in all competitions. Coming back from 1-0 down at home to Hull. Um, Hull, one of the you know informed teams in the country at the moment um, in the FA Cup to come back and win 2-1. Um, they're absolutely flying. Uh, this, to me, seems like a just a bit of a home banker, really. Um, the, the data... Uh, I think they're either first or second for XG ratio in the last four games, Millwall, which is an unbelievable turnaround. Yeah, basically just shut, completely shutting out the oppo as well. Yeah, um, and and you know, as I mentioned, Blackburn really struggled on their travels. So um, I, this is one I thought would maybe be uh, be odds on. It's just a shade of odds against Black Type, a best price and odds checker at twenty three to twenty. Um, and yeah, happy to uh, happy to get on. Yeah, I'll follow that up with a, a couple of stats from my deep dive uh, if there's anyone listening who really enjoys the stats side of things just to to let you know that soccer stats is your friend here I, I know it's the website that people like Mark O'Hare have been using for years and and I've only really got into it um, since the start of this season since we're doing this podcast and um, it really is fantastic and just a bit of time spent on there can can check up lots of things to to sort of back your your initial feelings and also to to sort of tell you that Actually, maybe not the best idea. Um, just going on what you said about Millwall at home, since their return to the Championship at the start of last season, uh, there are obviously 18 teams have been in the league uh, in the same time frame, played the same amount of home games with three going up and three down. So um, their home record of 18 wins, 11 draws and seven defeats in 36 games is the third best um, behind Aston Villa and Middlesbrough in terms of points at home. I think their average, uh, sorry, equal with Sheffield United. So excellent home record, which we knew. Um, scoring is not coming that easily for them, but they've only failed to score once at home this season. Um, Blackburn's defence, very poor over the last month or two, both in terms of, of basically the XG, the chances that they're conceding, um, and also in goals conceded as well. They've conceded two or more in eight of their 13 away games. So um, stats-wise, uh, I saw nothing to put us off this, really. As you say, black type, best price for Millwall. At home to Millwall at twenty, at home to Blackburn at twenty-three to twenty, which leaves your League Two pick and my League One pick. I'll go for my League One pick uh, first up. It is um, Peterborough. They are 
2.05 at the moment on the Black Tight website. That's come in a little bit since I made the pick, which is a shame. Yesterday at 23 to 20 it was. Really? Um, yeah, of course. I'm, I've already won, you know? That's what that's what the pros <laughs> would say, isn't it? I've already won. Um, anyway, um, for Peterborough, um, we've spoken about them at length this season and often... Uh, in, in, in negative terms and that was relative to their league position what we were saying from very early on was that the, the sort of the underlying performance data indicated that they would fall away from a promotion or an automatic promotion battle um, and that is very much borne out and it's not been a hugely positive place um, in terms of results in terms of performances at London Road at the moment um, but I am backing them this weekend and it's anti-Rochdale as much as anything uh, we spoke about them on Monday 13 goals conceded in their last three games um, no goals scored uh, to me they, they're, they're sleepwalking into the relegation zone and I think that Keith Hills your manager who's done a lot for the club uh, it, it, there's definitely been a, a slow turning of the tide um, that I can trace back to last season as well. I can remember some murmurs of discontent. I can remember some strong words from Keith Hill. Um, it's been a, one of those sort of long-term marriages that's just getting a little bit tetchy um, and has done for a while. At the moment, that's translating into really, really poor, insipid performances on the pitch at a time in the season where they can't really afford that because of the teams down at the bottom, George, that you've touched on, uh, who seem to be improving. And I'm very worried about them. The, the last Fox punter ratings that I've got were from before last weekend. Mike normally updates on Thursday afternoon and we're speaking on Thursday morning. Uh, Rochdale over the last eight games have an XG ratio of 34.8%, averaging 0.91 goals or XG4 and 1.69 XG against. And that was before the 4-0 home defeat against Burton. So all bad, really, for Rochdale. They lost 4-2 at home in the checker trade midweek against Man City's kids. For Peterborough, a few new players have come in to give them a boost. Lee Tomlin's obviously the sort of headline signing, the returning hero. Uh, for me, Ben White could be key. He's on loan from Brighton. He was at Newport last season and was was very, very impressive for them. And I know that Brighton fans and, and the club rate him very highly. So I think you know, Peterborough have constantly leaked goals this season. Hopefully White can help to shore that up a little bit. Um, and um, yeah, I, I just think they've got enough about them, you know, despite what we've said over the course of the season about them as an automatic promotion contender. I definitely think they've got enough about them to to put Posh away here, uh, to put Rochdale away here. I miss speaking a lot today, which is a shame. It's quite early. Um, so Peterborough, my pick, uh, 2.05 they are uh, at the moment on... Black type, 21 to 20, that is. So that's my League One pick. And yours in League Two is... Grimsby. Again, <laughs> as ever. Will you ever not pick um, Grimsby, do you think? Not at the moment. I still don't think that uh, I still don't think that the market's really cottoned on to the fact that they're really quite good. They're not being respected. Um, well, and, and, you know, what an unbelievable uh, effort at Crystal Palace. Um, I mean, that probably would have taken a fair bit out of them but they've had a week to recover having gone down to 10 men after a minute and holding Premier League Crystal Palace um, up until the 88 I think it was um, which is almost as impressive as any of the giant killings that we did see over FA Cup weekend um, but you know they're just I just really like the team I, I think at home um, you know they're they're very impressive indeed they, they lost 1-0 to Mansfield the last time out in the league which is nothing to be embarrassed about at all and Maxfield are obviously improving um, and have had a couple of difficult and, and kind of valiant defeats uh, after Sol Campbell's um, decent start, going one up against Carlisle uh, and losing that game, getting a decent draw at Tranmere and then, and then losing to Swindon, which was a bit of a blow because that was a game I really expected them to go and win. Um, and again, it's just one, it's a home team where I, I think that Grimsby, 
in a couple of weeks' time in this game, if they maintain their current level of form, this will be an odd on shot. And, uh, and you're getting six to five. Um, and uh, until the results of the performances slide, I, I'm just going to carry on backing them every week because I think they're, they're being uh, undervalued in the market. Massively seduced by Michael Jolly's Grimsby Town at the moment. And it's nice to see. Mm. It's really nice to see, actually. Um, I wanted to add that we are thrilled to see that Grimsby this week have signed two Swedish players from the Swedish Alsvenskan. Um, Sebastian Ring and Ludovic Oman, um, which is a fantastic name. Both of those names, probably quite good for headlines at some points. Uh, both of them come from Sweden's top flight and having played a fair amount of football in the top flight. And if you're not excited by that, then I don't know what you can be excited about. A couple of Swedes rocking up in League Two. Uh, Michael Jolly, obviously for context, uh, his only other managerial job before Grimsby was out in Sweden. So I believe one of the players played under him and the other one clearly someone that he admired in his time out there. So uh, potentially a real coup for the club uh, and, and more good news for Grimsby. Um, I think we've got BTTS and we've got long shots. Uh, let's get BTTS done and then we can talk about our long shot where, again, we're, we're very much in tune. I like how when you say long shot, you make it really long. Your long shot. It's yeah. Good. I'm sure there's a word nice. for that, probably. There's there's probably. probably like an English language word for when you yeah. make the sound of the word. <laughs> Bang. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, well, that's just an onomatopoeia, which I don't think long is, but <laughs> a cousin. <laughs> it it's a cousin of onomatopoeia. I'm sure yeah. there are some clever people listening that can tell us. This is why people listen. <laughs> is there a word for me saying long shot? Is that a thing? Yeah. Get in touch at NTT Twenty Pod. Um, George, run us through your BTTS selection, please. Um, my BTTS is Ipswich against Rotherham, um, and I think it's five to six. Um, two teams. I mean, I, I'm still a I, I, I'm, yeah, Rotherham are proving to be a bit of a hole in my pocket this season. Um, I'm, I'm, I still think that they are better than the results suggest. I think they've been very unlucky in games. Um, I very, I'm, I'm going to back them to win uh, this match as well myself um, because I think they're about the nine to four mark, and I think that any team currently against Ipswich at that price is probably a bet because Ipswich are absolutely desperate. Um, Rotherham's away form is very poor, but we've seen them score in, in, in games against decent teams, better opposition than Ipswich. Uh, since Paul Lambert came in, Ipswich have definitely found their shooting boots, um, but are struggling to keep goals out the other end. I'd say, um, they've, I'd say they've found one one of their shooting boots. They lost both. Yeah. Well, and they've just they found about, a boot. They found, some, they found um, one under a table somewhere. They're still looking they for They are. I mean, they're definitely... I mean, under Paul Hurst, they were struggling to register anything going forward. That's definitely not the case anymore, but they are sacrificing um, whatever defensive solidity they had. Um, a couple of months ago, probably the worst pick um, of this betting podcast, Short Life, was when I tipped up nil-nil in Reading against Ipswich, against Ipswich and I was widely mocked because uh, there were two teams who, who couldn't really defend. Um, so I've learned from that mistake. Well, and just so remind am, me, 1-1 uh, uh, after six minutes, I think it was? Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> and uh, so I'm learning from my mistake here. Um, I think Rotherham have, have plenty um, to trouble Ipswich with. Um, but as I say, Ipswich are, are, are managing to score and, and Rotherham are very, very poor away from home. So... Um, I think there'll be goals here. Um, I wouldn't like to say he's going to win, but at the prices, I think that Rotherham are probably a little, a touch of value. Yeah, my BTTS pick is uh, a bit sort of XGE, uh, going through Mike's Fox Punter numbers as I as I always do. Uh, I noticed that Plymouth, just in terms of total XG, that's their, their combined XG for and against over the last four games, over the last eight games, incredibly high. Um, don't have the exact number in front of me, but it, it was notable that they were both 
unbelievably leaky at the back and just unable to stop opposition teams creating chances and scoring goals, uh, but also actually showing uh, plenty going forward um, with Ladapo, Kerry and Lamires, who we know can and will create. And, and in the case of Ladapo, um, sometimes he will score and quite often he won't. Um, so I'm going for Plymouth and Southend BTTS. Yes, I got that at 8 to 11 on the Black Type website. Um, and as I said, it's mostly Plymouth based. I think in terms of Southend, they're, they're, they've not been a, a BTTS favourite, certainly in the last eight games. I think they've gone on this weird run of of win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. And um, uh, only two have seen BTTS in the last eight. But Southend at home, comfortable, confident that they will not find it too tough to score against Plymouth. And fairly confident that Plymouth uh, will because they really do have to start picking up points in all games, not just against teams around them. Um, we'll have opportunities to score. I'm happy to take BTTS. Yes, in South End Plymouth at 8-11, to 11, which leads us to our long shot. And um, it's a, a really interesting game in Barnsley and Bradford uh, at separate ends in League One. But I think when we saw this one, we both had a, a pretty similar idea here, George. Yeah, I mean, Barnsley are one of the class teams in the league, but I just think that the price on, on Bradford's a touch too big at 11-2. to two. Um, Bradford's current run of form is no fluke. The data, the numbers behind it, the shot data supports. Um, and, and it's definitely true that the Bradford fans, um, you know, the football's passing the eye test, shall we say. They're all very confident that they've turned the corner um, with Jack Payne being the mini maestro who's, who's the talisman for this turnaround of form. Um, looking through Barnsley's results this season they're yet to lose a, a home league game but they have dropped points and draws against AFC Wimbledon against Walsall against Doncaster um, against Plymouth I mean the, these are teams who who you'd expect them to beat maybe the exception of Doncaster although when they did play them Doncaster were not the team we're seeing now um, so there might be a touch of complacency at home against weaker opposition that we've seen in the past and given Bradford's current run of form and, and given the price um, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see them uh, go one better. I mean, if those four teams are taking points off, off Barnsley at home, um, I think that, that Bradford and their current guys are a different kettle of fish to them. Um, so I think at 11-2, to two, it's, a, it's a cracking value to, to see a bit of an upset um, for a team who who have, you know, they've, they've frustrated this season, I'd say, Barnsley so often. I think when they're at their best, they're the best team in the league. But we do see them uh, sacrifice points in games that, where they shouldn't. And this could easily be one of those. Yeah, I'm very much on the same wavelength. Um, I'm just getting stupidly greedy and we know how this one ends. Um, I'm going to take BTTS as well. So Bradford to win and BTTS is my long shot. Uh, that's at 10 to 1 with black type for all the reasons that you said, uh, because I think we both believe Bradford essentially to be uh, as good as uh, maybe a playoff challenger or certainly a, a top half of the table team. Um, and, and on this unbelievable run with key players really coming to the fore, um, and not a massive knock on Barnsley, but this is a long shot. This is the nature of it. We're, we're hoping that Bradford uh, can go there and can smash them. Um, and I just feel like they are scoring so many goals, Bradford, but Barnsley at home, I, I, I just think that they'll score as well. So I'm hoping a bit like that Sunderland-Luton game, I'm just hoping for high scoring and, and for the result to go our way. So really enjoyable that, George. Thanks for joining us all the way from South Africa. Um, Thanks, mate. I think by the next time we talk, you'll be back in the UK, which is very exciting. Well, I'll be I'll be in the air on Monday, so right. it may have to be a uh, 
yeah, we'll have to d- discuss when we're going to do the, the Monday pod and maybe a Tuesday pod, but we'll, uh, we'll definitely be chatting soon. Great stuff. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you so much for listening. A reminder to get involved with Scoreboard. Uh, tweet us and at BlackTypeBet your picks for a nil-nil for an over 4.5. Go and have a quick look down the coupon and get that in now um, ahead of the weekend's fixtures for your chance to win £20 free bet from Black Type. And if you haven't signed up to Black Type, well, there's a, a £10 free bet for you uh, if you sign up with the coupon code NTT20. Just to round up our bets from today, George in the championship and myself in the championship picking Millwall at 23-20 to 20 at home to Blackburn. George's nap is in League One. It's Scunthorpe to win. Uh, in League One, I'm picking Posh to win at 21-20. George's Scunthorpe nap, 23 to 10. Uh, in League Two, George has gone with Grimsby, of course. And my nap is in League Two. It's Forest Green to win away at Oldham at 11 to 5. BTTS, yes for Ipswich v Rotherham for George. And yes for Southend v Plymouth for myself. The long shot. Uh, well, George is picking Bradford to win at 11 to 2 away at Barnsley. Very much a long shot there. Uh, and mine, even more so. Bradford to win that game and both teams to score at 10 to 1. Uh, if that comes off, this will be the greatest week ever of the NTT20 betting show. And in the match in focus, Sunderland v Luton, the big game of the weekend in the EFL. Uh, Luton draw no bet. George is picking at 21 to 20. And I've gone for Sunderland to win. And BTTS, yes. So very much opposed there. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Hope you've enjoyed this one. Please do share if you can, if you know of anyone who you think would enjoy listening to this ahead of the weekend uh, before they make their selections, then please do share it with them. We'd be most grateful and, and we'll talk again very, very soon.